2: Hello and welcome to the Naked Professors podcast. We've got a brand new roundtable conversation and this one really fills me with joy. It feels really um, applicable this month because on March the 8th, it's uh, International Women's Day. And as I discovered in the last roundtable conversation I haven't been great at bringing women's voices alive and as I said I had a few comments from from people talking about how it's disappointing that the first women I have on board are there to talk about eating disorders and that really wasn't my intention so it's beautiful this time to bring it alive in a very different context because this conversation is all about bringing the energy alive around the feminine energy like what is beautiful around around the feminine well firstly in fact we should acknowledge and it's really important and some of you will have heard this a million times now but some of you might not have come across this understanding that all of us, men and women, both have masculine and feminine energy inside of us. The feminine energy is very much about nurturing. It's nurturing through love. It's the sensitive nature. It's the kindness. It's the compassion inside of us. It's the part of us that wants to look after people. And it's so important, of course, in human beings. It's so important. It's very hard to measure. It's not necessarily so visible. It's not about doing as much, but it's more about being. Whereas the masculine energy is all about the doing. It's all about what we're achieving. It's about taking action. It's that energy associated with making stuff happen. And together, obviously, the two are a team. It's no good just being complete in our feminine energy and just being and and being connected to love, but never actually doing anything. At the same time, if we're always doing, we're cutting out our emotions. We're cutting out the possibility to connect with people because we're lacking those human instincts that the slightly deeper Deeper emotions inside of us, or deep, deeper aspects, deeper energies inside of us. So the two are a beautiful balance. It's amazing if we can go and embrace our masculine and be great at achieving and doing and taking action. And you'll really hear Amy talk really, really well about this in this podcast. And then it's also great to embrace the feminine that allows us to connect deeply with one another as human beings and to nurture one another to, to create strong connections with one another. The two complement each other, and it's really important that we can embrace both. And it's really important, like, like the pinnacle is is the divine masculine and the divine feminine but the divine masculine is only divine because it's in touch with the feminine and the divine feminine is only divine because it's in touch with the masculine because that allows us to be all of who we can be as human beings society as a whole has really gone in hard on the masculine energy on the doing you know, we're always judging each one, each other about what we've achieved, about what car we drive, what house we live in, what job we've got, all the things that are tangible, that are measurable. And I understand that. But alongside that, I think we've missed a lot of the feminine energy in terms of feeling connected to one another, love, having empathy, kindness, compassion. These are such important human traits that make us feel alive on the inside. They're very hard to measure, but they're such important human instincts. I really feel that because they're, they're, they're not measurable, or they're much harder to measure, you can't look at someone and and measure how much love is inside of them, or how much empathy or kindness is inside of them. We're li- really led to, to go in on the masculine in terms of, well, people can judge me on this. People can judge me on what car I drive. So I'm going to make that the most important thing and we don't realize that subconsciously we're missing out on, on on this part this feminine energy that is so important so it's been a massive thing it's been a massive part of my journey I had a lot of feminine energy in me growing up as a child naturally as I explain a bit more in this podcast but I learned to bury it because it wasn't manly according to what society showed me i didn't believe that it was who i should be as a man so i buried my feminine energy in a massive part of me coming alive as a human being experiencing more of who i can be and tapping into my full potential and to feel more to feel more to feel more love to feel more connection with other human beings is allowing my feminine energy to come alive and i believe the feminine energy is beautiful and so important and i believe that a lot of people who are hurting hurting because they're not in touch or they're not allowing themselves to connect with the feminine energy inside of them i certainly speak from experience on that and i I certainly think that that might come alive in in this podcast as you listen but so for me this conversation was all about trying to bring alive the power of the feminine energy how beautiful and how important and what it gives us as people when we allow ourselves to embrace this feminine part of ourselves that's my intention and with it being women's international women's day it's a perfect time to do it. So what I managed to do is piece together Amy and Farah. Amy Rushworth and and Farah Orts who both two people who stood out for me on socials as just embodying this energy really beautifully. You know, they really rep- represent the feminine energy in a beautiful light. So I wanted to get them on and have a sit in a space with them to allow their experiences of this to come alive and for us all to share the beauty of the feminine energy as human beings not as men and women but as human beings so to sit in that space and bring that alive and to celebrate what it is the feminine energy and women bring to us in this world we split this up into three sections. There's three podcasts over the next three weeks, each part adding its own touch on what the feminine energy is about. I hope you enjoy it. I've it on long enough. Let's let Amy and Farah into the show. So without further ado, welcoming Amy and Farah. This is The Naked Professor talking on The Naked Professor's podcast. Well, we just had a really lovely little kind of interlude a little initial conversation and I am just really honoured and really excited to sit in this space. Actually I want to tell you both a story before welcoming you and and introducing you to to the audience. I I want to just set this up so you know why I'm doing this partly. This series of of the Naked Professors podcast has been about roundtable conversations and for the first three sessions or first three months because it rolls over the whole month it's been with men and then the next one we did which was last month was with women. Um, it's the first one. But the, the topic for last month was about eating disorders. And I had a comment from someone saying, hey, just so you know, I just think it's a bit of a shame that the first women you've had on, it's talking about eating disorders. There's so much more to women than that. And it's just a bit disappointing the way that's kind of come across. And I was like, God, do you know what, you're totally right. And that's exact, almost the opposite of what I want my message to be. Like I wanna embrace the feminine. I, I love the feminine energy. It's been a massive part of my journey. So then I kind of, um, we took it upon myself and I kind of tried to balance that by by having um, a guy on to talk about eating disorders as well, because we know that's very much the truth as well. But then I saw the opportunity in that it's International Women's Day coming up on the 8th of March. And I wanted to get um, some women on board to come and talk and, and to represent and to show us all and for us to sit in a space, to magnify and bring alive the beauty and the power of the feminine energy. It's just my honour and my pleasure to to reconnect with Amy. Um, I've known Amy for the last couple of years and, and know the power of her feminine energy and, and and her as a whole person. And to welcome Farah, who we haven't met before, but I followed you on on an Instagram, and um, it's beautiful to see the work that you do. The intention for me is to to talk, have a conversation with with as two, three human beings here, not as a man and, and two women, because as we all know. We all have masculine and feminine energy. And I think that's really important for the audience to understand that this is not a a man talking to to, to women. This is three human beings who are trying to embrace all of who they are as human beings, which for me is embracing my masculine and feminine and for, for Amy and, and, and Farrah to embrace their masculine and feminine too. So it's not like they're gonna tell me what's great about being a woman and me to sit here as a man and listen. It's about all of us having a conversation about the beauty of the feminine energy. That's the, the, the uh, context I wanted to give this conversation. I'd love to welcome Amy and Farrah, but before in doing and welcoming you both, I wanna start this conversation by checking in with you both and actually like sitting in this space and to get to feel where you're at and how you're really feeling. Firstly, hi. I don't know, I'm looking at the screen and Amy, you're next to me. So um, if I could start with you, how are you? And welcome.
3: I'm so good, Ben. Thank you for having me. I, I'm i on like a really fired up energetic this week. I'm feeling really sassy. I've been really bold this week on social media. And um, that's kind of in contrast to how I was feeling because I had this like emergency Wisdom to surgery, and I've been in healing for a few weeks. So I feel like I've like emerged out of my healing cocoon, and I'm really excited to be here and to use my voice and to be social and to be in conversation. So that's where I'm at right now.
2: Beautiful, thank you, Amy. And I saw you on socials, and thank you for sharing all of you on that as well. It's beautiful. It's one of the reasons why I want, one of the many reasons why I wanted to have you here. So thank you, thank you for coming to sit with me, Sarah. Welcome. And how are you doing? How are you really? In fact, I mean to ask.
4: Hi I love how are you really questions yeah I'm actually feeling extremely vulnerable today and uh, even before the podcast I was like oh should I be going on this podcast right now but I think you know the longer we perpetuate only turning up when we're feeling xyz it's um it's just not helpful for anybody so yeah I'm definitely in a tender space today a lot of stuff has come up out of the blue today um yeah but I'm letting myself be here and and taking up space and in whatever wants to come through today and just trusting <laughs> so that's where i'm at but thank you so much for having me here just as i am
2: no you're every, all of you is welcome and and you know I'm, I'm such a massive advocate that for me seeing the truth of someone is not for them singing and shining and, and being you know this 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 Exuberance of happiness, me as me feeling connecting with someone is knowing their truth, and that's why I love to just ask that question first and foremost because it just allows me to feel someone a little bit, a little bit more before we get into it. From my perspective, I've really felt kind of uh, uh, really differing emotions around this. For some reason, I felt quite challenged for today at times. I've kind of, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I, it's maybe it's because it's a sensitive subject. I really want to do it justice. I don't know. Maybe there's something around my 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 intellect around this. Whether I'm not sure. Whether there'll be gaps that that I'll be exposed for, I don't know. But there was sort of challenges that are around uh, that made me feel a little bit more uncomfortable. Maybe because today we'll go a little bit more deeper than than, than most podcasts. I don't know, but there was just something, some kind of resistance. Maybe it's because I'm I'm carrying a heavy cold and I just was a bit in my head. I don't know; it's less flow, but there was definitely something around all that. I knew, you know, I had some comfort, and that I know Amy, and I know the beautiful space that we can sit in, and I've been on Amy's podcast, and that was that was great. And then Farah, um, I listened to to a podcast that you did just before coming on, and I was like, "Oh, like I'm really excited to to feel like so much of what I heard from you." I was like, "That's was really beautiful." So I come into this just actually really not wanting to let fear. Take me away from just the joy of, of sitting in the space and the, and the, the emotion of like what this can be and the uniqueness as well. I feel this is this is quite unique in the the, the, the nature of the conversation that I hope will unravel. So yeah, and I find there's a lot more freedom for me now in having sat in that space and shared that with you. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at now. Um, I wanna I wanna start by asking you both, and this is quite a, a big question to hit you both with, and I just want and I, and I want it to be that way because I want it just to flow, and I want you to just answer from your truth, but. A massive question that's come up for me in in a big part of my journey and and, and the work that I'm doing with, with, with my clients is to really look at this question of who did I learn to be and who am I really? And I ask that because I think it's going to tie in with a whole conversation about the feminine and learning to embrace the feminine. So if there's anything that comes up for you around that, then then please feel free to share. But again, Amy, it feels like you're you're sitting next to me and I'm very happy for this to be interactive, by the way. So if there's things that we want to jump in at any point, then I welcome that. But I also want to provide space for you to share openly. But yeah, who did you learn to be and and who are you really?
3: Yeah, this question excites me because I feel like it's been a question that I've asked myself so many times in my healing journey. So I've had like a total personality identity shift again and again and again, like over the course of my life. And in like for anyone who's interested in astrology, I'm a Cancer South Node and a Capricorn North Node. So I've been leaving behind people pleasing, codependency, you know, ducking in and out of like anxious and avoidant attachment style. I struggled with PTSD in the past and so a huge... Part of my journey has been learning like to leave behind the good little girl, the good woman who shows up for everyone, who pleases everyone, who gets permission to do the things that she wants to do and actually really embodying more of that Capricorn energy, which is a little bit more masculine in nature, a more masculine expression of my feminine and uh, really embodying also like my sun sign is Leo. So like being here. Uh, at the front and center, showing people um, the way through the way that I am, rather than waiting for permission. So who I learned to be was like to, to look to other people to tell me who I was. So to look at my friends, to let them lead, uh, to let uh, men tell me who to be, what to do, Um, sexually as well, like is a huge part of my journey has been leaving behind sexual abuse and trauma for when I was young and now I'm like empowered in this area and teaching in this area so I guess it's been in a like nutshell or at its essence signing my own permission slip and being like this is who I want to be today and also giving myself permission to let that change to let that change every day which I feel is this true reclamation of what the feminine is and I loved what you said Farah about showing up how you are uh, in your vulnerability and seeing that is just as powerful, just as worthy of being heard as those moments where you are like more feeling yourself or feeling like you're achieving stuff and you're, you know, Instagram worthy. And this is what like the true feminine is to me is like seeing the power in all manifestations of who you are, in all expressions of who you are, all your emotions. And every single time that I change, I transform I go in and out of certain challenges emotions successes I am giving myself permission to be worthy so for me that's the journey like giving myself that full permission rather than outsourcing that to other people
2: really beautiful and actually hope you don't mind me saying Amy but I think it was the 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 power of your masculine energy that I really saw when I I first met you You you're such a go-getter you know, and you created that event that that, that I, I spoke at that, that you arranged and it was like, wow, like this is incredible. And I just, I really felt this kind of, here was this force of nature coming, you know, coming, coming alive. And it's been beautiful for me to watch your journey over the last, what, well, I don't know how long ago that was, three years, I think probably. Yeah, it's been magical. Um, So really beautiful to hear you answer that. Thank you. I know your journey's been, you know, huge. So... Thank you. Farah, who did you learn to be and who are you really?
4: Mm, This is such a, such a big question. I would say the biggest kind of transformation of who I was and who I am now has been definitely around actually the, the topic of sensitivity and being really deeply in touch with my emotions. And, you know, when I was growing up, I, I was definitely the most sensitive person I've ever met. (laughs) And, um, you know, and, and couldn't go to movies couldn't read certain books I couldn't watch tv series with like murder in and and I still don't um but even the languaging around that when I was growing up it was very much like I can't I'm I'm too weak I um there's something going wrong with my emotions that I'm this sensitive and and I would definitely like Amy um had this conditioning of the good girl and the sweet goddess vibe you know this this kind of, even as I moved into spirituality, this goddess vibe where you only show up in like your tenderness and this like rosy glow about you. And, you know, there's such a suppression of of, of the reality and the waves that we experience as women. So that ties in with a sensitivity because as I learned to shed the shame around my sensitivity, I really was able to drop into the whole of me and have found such liberation and such a gift within my sensitivity now that you know the languaging even of what I said about not being able to watch films um, that had violence in that had topics that were quite disturbing in now I've even changed that to I choose not to and I don't need to and you know I've had such a shift in in that understanding that it's actually so vital for the people in the world that are sensitive to own their sensitivity because I really see it as one of the survival factors for our planet, to be honest. You know, when I look at the earth, when I look at our connection with nature, when I look at our connection to one another, the further we go away from sensitivity, the further we go away from healing on all levels understanding each other seeing each other's pain so i've really learned to embody sensitivity as as a true gift um i would say only in the last year fully and that was definitely a, a massive shift within who i used to be ashamed of my sensitivity and my feeling and now truly rooted in it and and leading from that that space yeah and then also similarly to, to amy a lot of my a lot of my healing has been around sexuality and i came from a very kind of suppressed two culture background um, half Pakistani and half German and my German side is Catholic and my uh, Pakistani side is Muslim and so I had this this mixing part where both sides were very much suppressing um, their sexuality there was a lot of modesty there was like shaming if I wore skirts all of those things even though it was quite subtle obviously my parents are very liberal but it was there in the generations and I can feel it and it's been a very much a journey of shedding that shame around natural sexuality and naturally being in touch with yourself. Um, that's kind of led me to the work I do now also with, with dance and central dance and helping women to to release their shame through that
2: medium. So
4: yeah.
2: Really beautiful. And I think that was one of the things that's, that drew me to your to your message and, and you as a person, Farin, that my story is similar with the sensitivity. You know, I, I grew up as a as a very sensitive young boy my mum was a nurse she showed me the divine feminine from a young age and that you know there was so much love there was so much in a world that felt quite tough and cruel to me i had two older brothers it was this this beautiful energy that was so kind and so compassionate and so sensitive and i definitely grew up seeing how thinking that was just beautiful and i had it inside of me but as a man i was taught you know if i was going to thrive those those are things not not to you know, don't embrace those, those aspects of you. They're not to be seen. You know, if you're going to thrive, you've got to be the strong, the strong guy, you know, it's, I, I hate to say it, but I, I find myself going back to it all the time. You know, as a, as a boy, it was cooler to be the bully than it was to be bullied. You know, if I was, I felt if I was to let myself really be seen, I would have been bullied, but actually I could, I, I wasn't a bully because I my, my, my heart was always, I was in touch with that side, but you know, there was definitely, my ego was definitely telling me, Ben, you know, you need to, be like those boys, you know, if you can find that in you that you'll thrive much better. So that was, you know, my, my, and that was just the start of my journey. And it, I really got taken on that whole ride and it unraveled all the way through. So as a man, for me, it was all about the masculine energy and the feminine energy was to be really let go of don't don't show that to anybody um, in this world if you want to thrive. And it was a source of real pain for me, real, real pain, unconsciously, you know, it was just manifesting inside of my body. I di- I didn't, Kind of think I didn't have enough understanding or intellect around it that I was kind of burying any of this stuff. I, of course, I knew that I was, but I don't know. I just became so conditioned in my ways that you know, I I, I just I just became so disconnected to that feminine energy. So disconnected, it just almost just wasn't. It was it was, was someone familiar to me after a while, and it wasn't for me until the age of thirty when you know I started personal development work and working with a coach I then realized that I hadn't been expressing who I really was you know I wasn't letting myself be seen I wasn't tapping into my emotions and I was never embodying actually my truth however much that got me validated in society because it did you know as a guy I did manage to tick the boxes and I did manage to you know do the things that guys are applauded for Um, but none of them filled me up none of them I had no relationship with myself um, because there was this massive chunk of feminine energy that was completely missing so I'm 39 now from the age of 30 my, my journey has been very much about relearning the, the, the feminine energy and allowing to, to not lose my masculine energy to not lose that 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 side of me that is in a healthy way that, that I can still embody but to allow this feminine side in too so that that natural sensitivity that is inside of me that that natural tendency to want to love to want to be kind to want to connect with people can also be embraced as well and whilst that's led to kind of some of my old past friends and the men in my life to kind of probably go what the hell is going on with ben you know he seems quite different from the guy we were with in vegas you know seven years straight my relationship with myself was like i I finally feel like i can be now i don't have to i don't have to wear the mask i can just be with myself and that relationship with myself has been so empowering so beautiful the the, the biggest part that i want to share about this and and you're probably starting to understand why i'm so passionate now about wanting to bring this conversation about the feminine alive so much because I buried it so much and I felt how much pain that caused me internally. But the massive thing for me is that I feel that there are so many men who are experiencing the same thing. However, however alpha they might appear, whatever job they might do, whatever path they're on, however they're living, I truly believe, and I've seen it a lot in my men's work, that when you give them the safety to sit in a space and they can allow all of them to express, they they allow them to express all of who they are, that feminine energy is without a doubt in them i've seen it in in, in ev- so many men that i just i just don't believe that there aren't any men, there aren't any men who don't have that it's just society still telling them not to and they're so conditioned in that way so in terms of that question i would love i i know women generally are very good at well, much better than men let's say because society will still say do 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 rather than bbb as a whole but are better at introspectively being connected to how they feel and, and being open to change. Whereas for many men, even the, the concept of change is weakness. It's it's like a lack of acceptance that, that I'm not complete as I am, which in in, in, a, in a different way to how we might understand that. But um, so I really hope that through this conversation that we can just unravel this, that we can represent what's beautiful about embracing the feminine, not letting go of your masculine, still empowering that. But what it can bring you as a, as, a, as a person, as a human being.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
2: So I guess feeling rolling on to that, and and you might have already answered part of this in your last question, but did you both feel like you, you suppressed your feminine energy growing up in the same way that kind of you know I did? That it, it felt in, in in the world it wasn't to be accepted, the feminine energy. And if there were parts of your feminine energy, even as women, how did that show up negatively or how did that impact you in your lives? I don't know if one of you wants to go, I don't want to always put this on Amy, but however, we want this to flow.
3: I mean, I have so many things I could say in relationship to what you just shared. I mean, I am not surprised that men feel that way because men have been stripped of their masculinity because they have been taught to actually ignite patriarchal masculinity which isn't their true masculinity so to then ask a man who has no true foundation of divine masculinity to show his emotions like of course you're not going to do that because the feminine needs the safety and the containership of masculine to be able to feel safe to express so that includes your own inner feminine so you don't have that masculine container that true inner consciousness that stability that safety, there's no way you're going to show your emotions. And this is where it's like a marriage of both. These energies thrive together. The same way masculine and feminine can be related to yin and yang energy, the the wholeness of that yin-yang symbol comes from the marriage of the light and the dark, the yin and the yang, the sun and the moon. So in relationship to my story, like I was, I guess, on the outside looking to be very... Uh, feminine in some ways or maybe sometimes very masculine in some ways if we understand those concepts from like the unhealthy expression of both but both were wounded so you know when I would have big emotional outbursts it was because I'd been disassociated for so long or not communicating directly that I would get to the point of complete eruption where I would then, you know, go and get really drunk and then lose my shit at someone or like have a massive fight with my boyfriend and like, you know, throw all of his stuff out of the window and then loop back into this other distortion of like, I don't care about anything. Nothing can hurt me. I don't feel a thing. I'm numb. So neither of these energies could could thrive and certainly not my true feminine Maybe my wounded feminine, when she liked to like peek her head through, but definitely like neither was in a healthy expression. And so, like, what I see in the industry as well, which sometimes I think can lead to distortions, and Farah also kind of touched on this already, was this idea that like the feminine is always like soft and in her emotions and like uh, this goddess archetype, but there's so many archetypes of the feminine there's the dark feminine, the part of you that's full of rage and wants to like bury everything and destroy everything. And that's often the part of us that shows up when we're doing really profound shadow work, you know, because we're expanding and we're growing and evolving. And then there's our soft feminine. And then we have, you know, our more masculine manifestations still of our feminine energy. Um, And so for me, like being truly empowered in my feminine requires me to have a really strong masculine as well. A part of me that is switched on, a part of me that has goals, the part of me that creates safety, even in my business as well, having like these more masculine structures in the business so that when I have a bad day or when I have a health problem or when I'm on my moon and I'm feeling sad, like I can relax into that because my business has a masculine foundation that holds me there so I don't have to worry, so I can just surrender. Um, So I think like the work around this is always about how do we unify both rather than like how do I just like swing between one, one or the other, love on one more than the other and actually it's like how do we love both? How do we celebrate the masculine as well when we're doing our feminine work?
2: Yeah, really beautiful Amy, thank you. Does does that resonate or what's your story around this? Uh,
4: totally, totally resonates. Yeah, and I think one of the main things I was really feeling from you sharing, Ben, about, you know, growing up as a man and having to completely suppress the side of you to survive, basically, is that this whole concept of, you know, sensitivity and and the feminine being in touch with your emotions, how much it is denied within society it affects it affects both men and women so deeply. And for women, if you are in touch with your emotions, you are basically taught that you don't belong. Like the the feminine and and being in touch with your emotions, the wound that I've I've worked with a lot in my life is that I don't belong. If I'm in that space, I don't belong. And that and if we look at society, like Amy was saying, the patriarchal society that we're in, you know, it's it's run by this notion that masculine traits often the wounded masculine traits are the only way to get through this life and so when we're bringing in when we are born as a woman into this life where we're in touch with our emotions we allow ourselves to feel we allow ourselves to share unapologetically all the phases of our ourselves what we get hit with is like there is actually no space for me to exist in this paradigm that we're currently in and that wound of not belonging is so deep so like you were saying when you you Ben were growing up and you were feeling sensitive and you knew on a deep level that if you went into that energy if you if you allowed yourself to be the full spectrum you wouldn't belong anymore and that of course so human is like death you know if we if we are cast out of the tribe for example like on a very deep level our ancestors that is death you have to try and fit in you have to survive so i just have so much compassion for how this wound of sensitivity and, and the feminine not being able to belong affects both sides in such different ways. It's just so interesting to see how patriarchy doesn't even, it doesn't serve men in any way either. It just requires us all to cut off parts of ourselves. And we're so all just walking around in this like simulation of, yeah, these, these personalities, this, these people that are not really us. And so no wonder we're not connecting with each other. No wonder we're not truly understanding each other you know the whole of us isn't allowed to exist so that's just what stands out to me so much is this yeah the wound of belonging and and how much it affects both men and women so deeply and in such different ways but but um yeah the yearning for us both to 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 truly embody all of ourselves and um yeah
2: (laughs) yeah there's there's no doubt and and i want to make this this about the empowerment of the of the feminine energy because mainly because i think you know, it is it is the repressed energy in in society. You know, it's 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 less visible for starters, to feminine, isn't it? It's like, you know, and and I guess that's one of the massive things for us men is that we can bury it, we can suppress it, we we don't have to let people know what we're feeling on the inside. However, we will be judged for for our salary or what house we've got or what car we're driving because it's very visible. So, uh, like, we've just gone all in on 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 that side where we can be judged, so we can feel accepted. No one needs to know what's going on inside. I might not be be fully myself. I might not be expressing all of who I can be, but at least the people around me think I'm smashing it. And that feels safe. And we're choosing safety over the full expression of, of who we are. Did you guys, did you feel more of a uh, growing up, did you feel being pulled to the masculine energy of doing, doing, doing? Did you feel like you needed to be go getters? That you had to make stuff happen? Were you how do how were like emotions accepted for you? Were you allowed to express that that feminine side of you? Do you feel? Because um, for me as a man, I categorically know that that was a real no no. You know, it was all about what you were doing, what you were achieving, all the ticking the boxes. But how was it for women? How was it for for you both?
3: Yeah, for me, I think um, you know till I was about ten. I was a very like girly girl. Like I was into all the like typical girly things, like pink everything, dancing, singing, like makeup, outfits, like all of those, you know, stereotypical things. But then, um, you know, as you know, Ben and like a lot of my audience know, I experienced sexual abuse and it was like you know, trauma changes you, trauma changes your body, your brain. And I had like a complete identity shift inside of that experience where I went into full disassociation. So I actually completely forgot what had happened to me for like 10 years until it just emerged in my brain when I was 25. And so if I actually look in hindsight at myself, I was acting sometimes in ways that seemed performative as the feminine but I was really trying to embody more of this idea of the masculine which I'd gotten from seeing my dad who's lovely but he's a fearful um not a fearful a dismissive avoidant right typical dismissive avoidant never see him have an emotional reaction has been through all sorts of horrible things and you would never know like he's just completely stoic and so At that time, I remember I really pushed my mom away, and she's very emotional, very feminine, and I really found that I felt a lot of safety in the presence of my dad. I really admired him, and so I guess in a way I felt like, you know what? If I'm going to be safe, I'm going to have to embody these traits of the masculine, but his representation of what that was and the representation of all of the men and the masculinity in my life was not necessarily a very healthy embodiment so i think i thought i needed to do that and i i did for a long time but it didn't lead me to the safety that i was seeking you know and that's you know when i got to that point in my life where i was like something has to change cuz This isn't working for me or anyone else. But in terms of the feminine piece of me, I sort of had this other distortion there where it was about performance. And this really showed up in relationships and sexually, where it was like sex is for you to perform for a man. Men will use you and then dispose of you when they're done. And you've got to be like good looking and you've got to be performing and always you know, looking good, and you've got to stay young, and you've got to be a certain way in order for people to love you and accept you and to be worthy. And so that also resulted in like a lot of body image stuff for me, which I've worked through over like the last, you know, few years. And whatever one i was leaning towards at whichever time was always a distorted version of that
2: the amount of challenges that i mean this sounds sound dramatic but it, again you know i probably am overly conscious of drama because perhaps that, that you know the, the perception is hey don't be dramatic but you know we life is full of challenges and with, with all these challenges that we go through is just leads to a numbing of, of of truth it just amazes me really in, in listening to your story that we you know, there are some people out there who might have been through similar things, but they've never been led to do the work, and they're living out from these traumas. I don't know. I just find that so challenging. And, and, and again, because we live in a society that says, you know, rewards getting on with it, rewards just just don't make a fuss and just do. And so we are taught to bury it and go into to to you know a, a numbed space, and where we don't express our truth we don't allow ourselves to be fully seen and we're just we're not alive in that space we're not alive and no one's teaching us that we need to do this work and I mean I don't know if you can imagine I, I can't imagine my life having not done the work it just I would never have felt and, and that was my thing I never felt alive I don't know if you like when yeah. you were when you were going through this It's just like I'm living but I don't feel alive
3: yeah i I, I felt dead and actually My ego kept me alive, funnily enough, like the irony, because my ego was like, if you do anything to harm yourself, what will everyone say about you where you grew up? Like literally like the most superficial thing ever that saved me uh, because (laughs) like I didn't care. That was the only thing that I cared about was like looking good. And I think for a lot of women, especially like so many women have had sexual trauma And it represses you in terms of your throat and your self-expression and how you show up. And even just asking, you know, asking to go to therapy, showing up, doing coaching, speaking about what happened to you. Like that's the hardest step for most people because like they're so oppressed in using their voice as, as the feminine and expressing their emotions as a woman.
2: Recognizing if if there are challenges that are holding us back going in in, introspectively and and feeling into what really we are feeling is, is, is obviously challenging, but I, I remember sitting in the space with a, I don't want to say who, who it was with, but someone close to me and recognizing that we both had a real challenge over being able to express love and sharing love and including to our, to our mum, you know, who we had a really close relationship with. i kind of given it away that's family there, but it's my having a conversation with my brother. Anyway, not that it matters he didn't say anything wrong or anything else, but anyway, um, We'd, we're all single uh, as, as boys. And, and I remember just having a conversation, it's like, there's work for us to do there. We co- like we can't express, I know I love my mum. I know I love my mum, but I can't tell her, I can't show her that I love her. And what hope does that give me to get into a really deep, fulfilling relationship if I'm not able to sit in that space and go to that place? And again, I, you know, speaking as a man, it's hard to recognise and hard to acknowledge there's something that's not complete within me. I perhaps, you know, I need to do some work here. Uh, what my friends going to think of me if I work with someone in space? All this kind of stuff. And it's, the, you know, the truth is the opposite. It's the, the, not, your friends might still judge you, but does that really matter? that what's way more important is that actually, finally, you can connect with your truth of who you really are. That's the most beautiful thing. So I just think for any of us, if there's something inside of us that we're missing or, We're not able to connect with, or that it's causing pain, or means that we feel uncomfortable when we're on our own, or stops us showing up in areas we love to show up in. Then, then that can change. You know, we can work on that. But yeah, I just yeah, thank you, Amy. I just wanted to to share that as we went. Farah, sorry to keep you waiting.
4: First of all, thank you so much, Amy, for sharing. I I really appreciated hearing hearing all of that, and just yeah, I just I feel for you so much. Yeah, it's it's hard to hold. When you really sit in this conversation, you realise, like, wow, how much we've all gone through from having to suppress our feminine and having to suppress, you know, the messy realities of human. it's painful to realise. So, um, yeah, just sitting with that and having compassion for all of us in this society. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's interesting. I actually couldn't, as much as I tried to suppress my feminine, um, I couldn't. As in, but it was very much, it was my relationship to what was coming up. Like, for example, I couldn't stop myself being sensitive. I tried so hard, truly so hard, and it just did not work. So instead, my relationship, the story that I started to build around me being very emotional, me being very in touch with my emotions, me being able to feel things in the room that other people can't feel, me being very intuitive, all of those things. I started to label as there's something wrong with me. There's no recognition in society for when a woman is or when anybody is connected to their emotions, to their intuition. Like you said, you know, there's no, as a man, you're commended for how much money you make, what car you're driving, all of those things. So those are the things that we we grow up to learn are cool, are uh, great. And, you know, I can't help but wonder what it would be like if we lived in a society where people who were really in touch with themselves and were able to express freely were were seen as cool like how healing that would be and and that's certainly what i see now and what i what i witness in other people and think is so beautiful but for me it was definitely a whole like probably i'd say like a good 10 years at least of thinking there was something wrong with me um that was definitely my core belief for being so in touch and for being in a way that I didn't know anybody else was. So I kinda of felt like an alien walking around, to be honest. I genuinely used to think like God had created me. And when I say God, I don't believe in God in, in terms of like, the religious God, but Source Universe, um, had created me with a malfunction. Like just like put too much emotions in me or too much sensitivity in me. So yeah, I definitely thought I was uh hiding in this mass of people that seemed to have it all together and I just felt so much more than everybody else. Um so it was it was a toxic relationship just because of the way I labeled what was coming through me. Yeah. And then at the same time, I definitely had, I grew up with a mum that was very, she had her own business. She was at very much in her masculine, I wouldn't say in a healthy way, but from a survival point. And so at the same time, I was getting this whole like download when it comes to relationships and relating to the masculine that, you know, you had to be hyper in this this hyper independency was coming out of me as a trauma response. It wasn't a healthy way of being independent. It was like I will not let myself be held by the masculine. I will not let myself you know if a guy pays for my dinner or did it I wouldn't allow it. Like there was just so many things where I wouldn't be allowing the energy of surrender to come in um because I had to hold myself up so much. And that was another way in which like definitely yeah, this wound of being being uh, being feminine came out but in in a very extreme way. Um and I've only really healed that I would say within the last like 8 months of being in this incredible relationship and being able to slowly slowly realize how much how much value and how healing it is to allow, you know, my partner to to truly hold me and that I'm safe being you know, cracking open and being messy and raw and him being able to hold me and and actually having a partner who is able to do that because that's a whole different thing yeah so there's there's definitely two sides there the the feeling there was something wrong with me because I was so sensitive and then also this hyper-independence coming out of me yeah
2: what do you think would would, like uh, growing up what did you think would happen if you did let your sensitivity be felt or like you did that that was expressed like what was the fear because, I, mm. I, you know, I was there too, but I'd love just to let this conversation yeah. see where it goes. Like,
4: Yeah, I think for me, what comes to mind first is that within relationships, within like dating or I mean, I call it dating. This is like when I was a teenager and you would like hold hands with a guy on the playground and be like, ah, we're together and you're not. <laughs> but, you know, with that, within that space, I remember I've always been so connected to my heart. And so much love would always be there, like so present within me. And I would express this to like guys I fancied or like, you know, and I'd be just so open and so, so loving. And the response I always got back was that it was too much. And so at a certain point I was like, I actually think again, there's something going wrong with my heart. Like I've got too much love in me and it's not able to be held. Like I really learned the story of like, people can't hold my love. They can't receive it. And I also had like friends that were like, that used to doubt how much love I was giving them. And um, so in that sense, I actually saw that my my connection to my heart, which was a big part of my sensitivity, um, was not able to be held. It wasn't understood. Um, and now it makes sense because so many of us are disconnected and so many of us are, really out of touch with uh the deep well of emotion that we have access to as humans so of course it was going to be misunderstood it was going to be thought to be fake it was going to be seen as too much and yeah I think that's that's the main way I, I kind of look back and see what happened um yeah
2: Concept of too much like it just it's really it's really damaging isn't it and and, and massively around too much love too much love you know it's mm. Like I, I still, I do, you know. Having said this, I still, I, I, I still feel it. I still feel it, but I, more in that I get quite intimidated by guys who have got a lot of love to share for me. I'm kind of a little bit like, what's this about? You know, what's, what's, it's almost you know, and then, and then like, instinct like, I can hear it. In my voice now, you know, you hit <laughs> that that word, gay. You know, are we are we showing too much love for each other? Is that that is that manly? Yeah, and and, and you know that 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 comes from me, who's. I, you know, I've done so much work to allow love in and to, to share love, and it's still—it's still grip. It's still, That—that's how how powerful society's message is around this stuff. But yeah, it really gets me this this whole concept of too much. Is that is that is that something? Do you think, as as women, that you get a lot, particularly you guys, too much? You know, too much. Like, okay, too much now. Like, do you, do you feel that too, Amy?
3: Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, like, I think every single woman and a feminine being that I've ever worked with like at the root of so many of these like other issues whatever they are on the surface is this like deep underlying fear like even beneath the story of too much that there is something very wrong with who I am and I must hide this at all costs I'm going to hide it with my personality I'm going to hide it with the things that I do and we get so good at hiding it that we just think that this is who we are right this is just who i am i just drink myself you know into oblivion every week this is just what i'm like there's nothing wrong right or this is just who i am i play games when i date or this is who i am i just you know read through my partner's phone or like whatever the pattern is but at the root of it is always this thing of like i I'm afraid that I'm going to be too much and people leave or people abandon me or they'll see me for this this thing, this horrible thing that I am um, at my very very core and I'm going to do everything I can to hide it. And so like for me, this is totally the story as well as like how can I never, ever be too much? How can I never burden anyone? Um, How can I avoid ever feeling into that deep fear that I have about myself? And so like in the reclamation of this, I now play with it. I'm like, how can I just even turn up the dial even more on my too muchness? So like I often put things up on Instagram that really activate people, that really trigger them. And sometimes they'll unfollow and follow and unfollow and follow. And then they'll say, you really trigger me. And I don't know why. And, you know, I have learned to come at that with curiosity with playfulness I've flipped it on its head of like how can I be so much of myself how can I be so whole and so full and so overflowing in my expression that people get to realize that for themselves just through watching me just through seeing that and I feel like this has been my like way of doing it but we can each find our own way of doing it like where do you feel you're too much? Like, where are you afraid, most afraid to be too much? And how can you lean into that? How can you hold a safe space for that? A lot of the time, it's like the deepest part of our feminine that wants safety the same way with you, Vara, like in your relationship, that safe container allows your sensitivity to go from being the worst thing to the gift. And like, if people could do this work, like if everyone did this work, there would be so much more magic on the planet because the things that we're most ashamed of are usually like our dharma and the thing that we're here to share and do, but we, we sit on it, we hide it because we're like, I don't want it to be too much for all of those people. But if you're brave enough to go into it, like that's where you're going to find your purpose and your magic and who you really are. That's what I think anyway. Mm, I love that,
4: Amy.
2: It certainly say it's true for the two of us, Farah, and that, yeah. that for me, what what was what was too much for me is now my superpower. You know, in that showing up as a man who is willing to to go to these spaces, all of the all of the things that I'm embracing now is everything that I tried to hide growing up because it, it was it was too much of what a man wasn't meant to be. And now I, you know, timing wise or whatever you, whatever's going on in the world, but now you know I'm fortunate that it is being celebrated. So I, I think back to you know the '60s, '70s. There wasn't, they never had that turn. There would have been a lot, you know, my dad, for example, he's so kind. He's so sensitive. He's got so much love that he expresses in, in so many ways, but not emotionally. Not, And I know it's within him, but it's just, he just has never, ever been shown ever the space to allow him to 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 express that, you know, and it's just lived within him because I'm fortunate in that I've, you know, come into this era where I am allowed to now. And and you know, Farrah almost you know, is almost becoming cool. You know, almost like maybe not quite that far. Although, I I love what what Brené Brown says and that she said you know, cool is an emotional straitjacket. Though, so I always trying to avoid cool. But perhaps we're always going too too far. Uh, sorry, perhaps it is it is becoming far enough now that you know there is an element of yeah, like the you know the Rock. You know, it, it, he's he's cool and he's showing us that he, he you know he'll cry he'll he'll, he'll show vulnerability he'll talk about his, his challenges he'll talk about the fact that he's experienced depression he'll express the love that he has for his partner for his queen and he'll put her on a pedestal he's not there to dominate you know and so it, it is almost there is parts where it is filtering and then it's becoming cool which is really exciting so there we go the conversation has begun i hope you've got an insight now into where we're going with this into an insight into what the feminine energy is about and an insight into. I hope the beauty of the feminine energy and perhaps asking yourself some questions of whether or not you've allowed yourself to celebrate the feminine. And if not, has it limited you in any in any ways? Is it holding you back? The brave choice is to embrace all of who we can be, both the masculine and the feminine. But as men, we're shown to be masculine, not to let in any feminine. In fact, I even remember the first time when people talked to me about the masculine and feminine. And I was like, I'm a man. I don't want any feminine energy in me. I'm a man, but that's not not what this is about. Even as men, we want to be able to love. Even as men, we want human connection. Deep down, it's important to us. It's what we're wired for. We have to allow the feminine to come alive for that to be possible. And it's within us all. I've seen it within so many men. I truly believe it, and I want more men to be able to allow the feminine to come alive. At the same time, the, the case is also true for women. You know, we are all taught. You know, men and women are shown that the masculine energy is the is the stronger of the two. It's it's the one around taking action. It's the one where it's, we we feel stronger when we're seen to be doing stuff. You know, even if I say like, "What did you get up to, to today?" and someone says, "Oh, I just I just I just was being today," it's like, no, but what did you do?" What did you do? And that's how we judge someone: how good their day was by all they achieved. You know, busyness is seen is seen as a badge of honor almost. If you're busy, people go, "Oh, great, that's really good." But actually, it's also really important that we be and that we be in touch with ourselves, and that's missing for me. So, hence my um, my passion for bringing this conversation alive. I'm a massive advocate for the power of the feminine energy. It's been huge in my transformation. And I'm really hoping this conversation over the next three weeks, um, we're gonna bring that alive. In fact, I say next three weeks, we've got a treat in store next uh, next week because um, the curveball is, is that obviously we've got Mother's Day coming up too. And as uh, regular listeners will know um, and followers of my Instagram page, you'll know how much my mum means to me and how much of the beautiful feminine energy she showed me. So this ties in really nicely in that. I'm going to get my mum back on the podcast and I want to take her a bit deeper um, and explore a little bit more about our relationship as, as mother and son and celebrate her as my mum. And also celebrate the the feminine energy that she showed me so beautifully is is in existence within her. So it's going to tie in. But yeah, we're going to my mum next week. And then we've got two more weeks of really um, embracing this conversation with Farah and Amy. Two two amazing souls um, who hopefully will bring alive this passion that I have around the feminine energy. So thank you for listening. Um, If you think there's someone that needs to hear about the feminine energy or could do with embracing a little bit more feminine themselves um or you just think would like like to listen to it then please feel free to share in fact that would be a massive help for me and i'd be grateful for any support we receive so yeah any what is it likes comments um i forget what it is but any support you can offer would be amazing um thank you and i'm bringing back the instagram page we're getting content out now i know i keep talking about it we're on instagram the naked professors podcast but i haven't been energized enough around it finding content to share but we're bringing that back alive so that's coming back please follow us on on that instagram page and otherwise um lockdown is coming close to an end the sun is coming out i feel the positive vibes i hope you're enjoying your 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 time Um, i hope you're full of hope for the future and just thank you for listening and i hope to see you next week for a really special episode